Our theme this year, it is what we make it. So turn around again one more time and say, it is what we make it. And then our theme for January, because we just love themes this year, it is rewriting the narrative. So the month of February is rewriting the narrative. And then my title for today, it's called Blank Page. And so I need to make sure that every person has a piece of paper. You're going to need this in a little bit. And if you don't have a piece of paper, raise your hand, because I've got one extra. That's it. Shiloh, come get this for me. Raise your hand up if you don't have a piece of paper. Here, take two. There's two. Right here. And then make sure you have a pen as well. Now, how many of us can remember as long ago as last week, <sighs> last Sunday? If you're here last Sunday, or you can hear online, but the audio was a little off, so I apologize. We talked about eagles and how they fall in love. And it's so beautiful, the story of the female eagle who tests the male. And she puts the male to a very gritty, gritty, gritty test, that woman eagle, to make sure she gets the right one. We've talked about lovebirds last week and how beautiful, awesome, and amazing, right? Lovebirds are, right? Turtle doves, you know, swans, when they get together and they, they just perfectly arch together and make a heart when they're in love. And there's birds who dance, and there's birds that sing. And so in the animal world, there are so many different crazy things that happen out of love. And we know even for ourselves, how many of us have ever done crazy things because we love somebody, right? How many of us have ever been in love? How many of us can remember, you know, junior high going back to Valentine's, and you would maybe write a little note, will you be my Valentine? Check yes or no, right? How many can remember those days? You remember being like in second, third grade, and you really wanted to give it to somebody who was, you know, cute or handsome, and you're so nervous, and, it's <gasps> and your stomach was shaking, you know? How many of us... So crazy, the things that we've done out of love. So today, I want to look at three other things here. Here's a scorpion. This would be a black widow. And this is a praying mantis. Now, what's different about what I'm showing you today compared to last week, the animals I showed you last week, they were a beautiful love story. But for, for these three lovely individuals that I just showed you, their love story is a little painful. You know, when a scorpion, a black widow, a prey mantis, when they mate, many times the female will kill the male instantly after. The praying mantis will just rip off the male's head. So for their love story, it's a little more painful. It's a little bit more awkward, right, you could say. And for honestly, I think for us today in the world, this is kind of where we find ourselves. Love hurts. Love stinks for many. For many, have you ever been locked out of your house and your kids are inside and they've locked you out, the windows are locked, the doors are locked, and you're trying to get in and they're laughing and having a good time and mom or dad are outside and you, you really want to get inside because it's 20 below. So we're imagining we're living in Wisconsin or Chicago today, and it's freezing, and it's snowing, and it's so cold, and you'd really, really like to get inside. You know, for many, that's how they feel love is. They're on the outside, 
trying to look on the inside. It's painful today. Because at the end of the world, what, what did we hear? Love is going to be cold. Love is going to be awkward. The love of most will grow cold. And so today we find ourselves in a world where love has changed for so many people. Love is different than what it is. Hence, there comes our theme. That's why we need to rewrite the narrative. If love is cold out there, if, if we're more selfish now than we've ever been, what do we need to do? We need to rewrite the narrative. Love is beautiful, right? Does love hurt sometimes? Sometimes. My verse that I opened with this morning is 1 John 4, 7. It says, God is love. Through the praying mantis there. How about that? 1 John 4, 8. God is love. And so this morning I want you to know, number one, most important thing that you need to hear this morning, God is love. There's nothing different or indifferent inside of him. He's not out looking in. God is love. God chases us down every single day. God is motivated. He's moved and he is fueled. Diesel jet fuel, he's got it all for you. God loves you. No matter how we feel about ourselves, no matter how we feel about anybody else on this planet, understand there is a God who created the heavens and the earth, and God loves you. Because God is love. God is love. John 15, 12, Jesus said, this is my commandment. Love each other the same way that I have loved you. There's no greater love to lay down your life than one's life for their own friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. What does Jesus say? Love each other. God is love. What does God ask us to do? God asks, and he says, I command you, Jesus said, love each other. And secondly, what did he say? Lay down your life. Your life. Now, I would think for a minute, if I'm, I'm thinking about life, if he's saying lay down your life for someone, probably at times he might say lay down your feelings as well. Lay down your thoughts as well. Maybe, right? John 13, 34. Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Here Jesus says it again. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. In verse 35, one of the most important verses in the whole entire Bible, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How we love. We know that God is love. I think everyone in the world, the 7 billion people, I think they can agree with that. I think it would say, yep, my God's love, no matter how many, there's 4,200 different gods, I'm sure all of them would say, yep, my God, he's love. Jesus said, your love, how you love, how I love, how we love, proves to the world who we belong to, who we belong to. Who we belong to. So if we were this morning to write a book, if we, if we were given the task and you're going to be given a million dollars, I don't have enough to give you a million dollars, but if we did and you were given a million dollars to write a book on love, how many of us, how many of our love stories would all look a little different? How many of us would all talk about love a little different? 
It would be different. It would feel different because we're all what? We are all different. If Jesus commanded us to love, if God is love, if God said, if you have hate in your heart, then you don't love me, then what's happened to us? Because I don't know about you, I can even be a little judgmental sometimes. I can be mean sometimes. Let's be honest. Could, could, could I know, you know, one of our friends, JB, he'd always say, we're in church, we've got to be honest, right? Could we have an honest conversation this morning about love and say, honestly, I know my God's love, but am I living the love that he wants me to live? Because as we look around the world today, I would say, honestly, I know I don't at times, right? And sometimes, you know, you look at the pastor and you think, okay, the pastor's perfect. He's Jedi level 10. He has mastered everything, right? I have at 46 years, yes, I've given my life to God. I'm devoted to God. Do I still make mistakes? Am I still mean to my wife sometimes? Yes, unfortunately, right? But then I try to kiss and make up and do all those wonderful things, right, that come along with that. And hopefully the making up process is just as good, right, even better. Anyway, whew. My main scripture this morning is Luke chapter 8. And if you have your Bibles or you can read it on the screen. And I want to read some verses this morning and it's going to look different and it's going to feel different and it's going to sound different. And you'll know when we get there. Luke 8, 4. It says, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered across his field, some feed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and it choked out the tender plants. Verse 8. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others so the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from them, their hearts, and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message. They receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. Last part, verse 14. The seeds that fell among thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fall on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. They cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. And so this morning I read this scripture. And the way that we're going to look at it this morning is we're going to look at it through the eyes of relationships. 
the eyes of relationships. Because how many of us know life is about relationships, right? Whether we're married, not married, we have friends. We have maybe at least one or two friends, right? We have coworkers. Life is about relationships. And so this morning as we look through this parable through the eyes of relationships, we see Jesus said there was a seed that got planted. But as that seed got planted, the who? The devil, the thief came and he stole that away. And so when we think about relationships, number thing we need to understand, Satan, the devil, the angel of light as he's called, you know what he wants to do? His purpose is to still kill and destroy. And maybe that doesn't mean physically, and maybe that doesn't mean mentally, and maybe that doesn't mean emotionally, but maybe he wants to destroy every good relationship that we need. Because how many of us know, if we have a friend who makes us laugh, the Bible says laughter is good for our stomachs. That's a good relationship, right? How many of us know that marriage, God ordained marriage in the beginning, man and woman, he ordained marriage, right? And he said the two shall leave mother and father are going to come together in one flesh, right? From the very beginning, God ordained marriage. The thief's purpose, steal, kill, and destroy. One of the things he is stealing, killing, and destroying today, marriage, relationships, and not just any relationships, relationships within the church. Because I can tell you, you know, it was, I don't even know where I saw this yesterday, but there was an article that came out, why are so many churches closing down? And you know why? Uh, we know that, yeah, we had COVID, people were sick, and people are still getting sick, and people are going to keep on getting sick, right? We know that. And people did die from it, and so it's a tragedy, and it's horrible, and that virus is just disgusting. But I think the bigger reason is, is because we as believers, we're not as nice as we used to be. We're not as nice as we used to be. Now, we have to be honest. When you walk through the doors, we shake hands, we hug. How's your day? Good. Nice. And then probably long forgotten, right? relationships within the church if our God is love, if the command is love each other, lay down your life for each other. The world will know who you belong to by your love. Could we be honest to say, ah, maybe I'm, I'm letting the devil rip me off in this area. In the parable that I shared this morning, the devil came and stole the seed. If God is love, what's the most important seed? Love. What should be the number one ingredient in marriage? Love. What should be the number one ingredient in friendship? Love. What should be the number one ingredient for us every single day? Love. Love. Love, right? Is that not what every heart wants? Let's be honest. We all want to be loved. We want to be respected and loved and cherished, right? Some of us men, we like to be babied by our wives, right? And so there is a number and long list of things. There's a number and long list of things that people look for every single day. But really, honestly, it boils down to one thing. We're looking for love. And so we have to say what is wrong with our world today, we're letting the devil rip us off when it comes to love. The devil is ripping up so many relationships, it's not even funny.
the devil is is tacking and going after relationships like the world is on fire because it really is just kidding but he is going after relationships really hot and heavy and his purpose steal kill and destroy so let me ask you a question if his purpose is to destroy every good relationship should we just let him we are we are if if we know relationships are good we want to laugh we want to love we want all these things why is it then are we letting the devil have his way with love and relationships now the bible says which we can be encouraged james 4 7 humble yourselves before god resist the devil and what will he do he will flee and so number one first thing that we have to learn how to do the daily battle of resisting the devil resisting the thoughts resisting the lies jesus said the devil is the father of what he's the father of lies and he's good at it all of us in here i'm sure we've said at least one little lie in our life right maybe one for some people like sam maybe two right yeah we locked the door good luck maybe me i've told three the father of lies. so there is a daily daily battle and i just want to look at this thing because obviously he lies the devil lies to us about ourselves and he says bad things about us right but let's look at just him lying about relationships did that person really say that? Did that person really do that? Let's be honest. And maybe they did, right? But don't worry, we're going to get to that. <laughs> maybe people are mean. Let's be honest, we are, right? Sometimes. Resist the daily battle with the devil when he's lying to you about relationships in marriage in friends everywhere resist him there is a daily battle to resist the liar about relationships secondly jesus goes on to say that there was a seed that got planted among the rocks now how many of us love climbing rocks i was a rock climber I loved it as a kid. I would disappear for a long time, love climbing rocks, love going out there, like climbing on roofs, rocks, whatever I can climb, right? Trees, whatever you name it, I did it, right? Jesus said the word of God, the seed got planted among rocks, but it said the seed couldn't go too far because the soil was shallow. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you shallow? <sighs> you see, all of us want to be loved much, but do we put the effort into being loved much? We all would like a lot of love, but how much do we put into being and giving love? And so, I don't know about you, as a kid, the shallow pool was nice for a minute, but I wanted to go where it's deeper. 
right? As a kid, the shallow pool, it was amazing and fun for about two seconds, but if there was a deep end and a diving board, I'm out of the shallow end, and I'm going to where it's deeper. Why is it with the things of love, we'll stay in the shallow end? Why is it when the things come to love, we want to stay in the shallow end? And we don't want to go deeper. If we had to dig up our ground, if there was rocks on our ground and we wanted to pull a pull in, what, what would we need to do? We need to remove the rocks. But when it comes to love, many of us in here, we're not removing the rocks. Maybe they're big boulders. We have to use dynamite. That's fun too, blowing it up, right? But... You know, the small rocks, there are so many small rocks in our life that we're not removing. We're allowing those small rocks, and you know what they're doing? They're blocking the seeds of love that God is trying to plant deep into our heart, mind, and soul. We all want love. We all need love. That is the way God designed us. We are meant to love in marriage, in friendships, in relationships. God designed us as people to love, to know love, to give love, to receive love. It's the way we're made. And so number one, we learn we have to daily resist the lies of the enemy. Number two, we got to push ourselves to dig deeper when it comes to love. What's the definition of insanity? You want something different, but you do the same thing every single day. We want more in our relationships, but what have we changed for something different? What are we doing in our cycles and our daily habits? We want more, but we won't, we're not willing to change get more and then Jesus goes on to say because the heart is shallow and the rocks are not removed he says this seed falls into temptation and I want to talk about temptation for a second many of us you know I don't know what it is but we as people because we're just so wonderful and amazing we like to talk about other people's faults Right? We're so good at talking about, and I'm, I do the same thing, right? I'm, it, why as people, why as humans do we do that where we talk about other people's faults? And sometimes we, and, and no offense, but sometimes you can put it on social media so it's really easy to talk about, right? So, I mean, some people are so into posting that, you know, they'll post anything. And so it's easy to talk about what, what's being posted. But what about if there's just a temptation to not love our spouses today? What if there's a temptation just to be a mean husband or a mean wife? What if there's a temptation to be the mean coworker that nobody likes? What if there's a temptation, it doesn't have to do with sin, but there's a temptation to not be the person who's centered on love? We get so caught up sometimes on all the horrible, horrific things, and we neglect just being the person who God needs us to be in the moment. Jesus said, in Matthew 6.13, let us not yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And so we see number three, we're going to resist number one, right? Number two, we're going to dig deeper. Number three, pray the prayer, God, lead me not in temptation today. And maybe that's not, remember, get out of your head, just bad things. The temptation to just be the wrong person. To have a bad attitude. God, lead me today to not have that Karen attitude, right? God, lead me today to be a nice guy, right? Lead me. And I'm sorry, ladies, you know, they all called her angry Karen. There wasn't the guy like bad Joe. It was angry Karen, right? So, you know. 
I wasn't the one who came up with Karen. Somebody else did, right? So, God, lead me today to not fall in temptation. Help me to be the man, the woman who's centered on love, giving, receiving. Help my attitude to be right. And Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Do you guard your heart every single day? Because as soon as you think you're going to have a good day, man, as soon as you step outside, the enemy with arrows, there's line number one. You're driving down the road, there's arrow number two. You turn on the radio, arrow number three. You look at your phone, arrow number four. Guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. And I don't know about you, see, Zoe, our, the name of our church means life. And I, I want to say this from the bottom of my heart, I can't wait the day that we get a pass from here and we get to go to heaven. But while I'm here, I'd like to make the most of it. While I'm on this planet, while I'm here in beautiful Hemet, California, best, safest city in the world, why don't I make the most of my life? God created life. He gives life. God is the giver of life. He breathed life into us. Guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. Resist the devil. Resist the enemy. Dig deeper. Pull out the stones. Pray every single day. God, lead me not into temptation. And guard our hearts. You know, there's only one place that has correct information. How many of us can remember the old days when they had phone books? And you would have to like, you know, I mean, now we have Google and now we have so many different things with our devices. But in the old days, if you needed a phone number, you, you had to have a phone book. And they would deliver them once a year, right? They'd throw it on your driveway and you hope that someone didn't run it over or an animal didn't pee on it, right? But we had to look up phone numbers. And we hoped... Really, with everything that we had, if we needed to call someone, that what? The information was correct. There's only one place you can go for correct info on love. Right here. The Bible. But in the 7 billion people who are on this planet, guess what? How many are consulting God? Or how many are consulting? Ding! Phones. Social media. If this is the giver of life, the creator of love, wouldn't it be important to find from the source where love came from, what love is, but yet why do we spend time then Googling it here? There is only one place we can find what love is. Jesus goes on to say, then there's seed that fell among the weeds. And so this morning I want to describe weeds as outward influences. And what did the outward influences do to the seed? Jesus said it crowded out the seed, the cares of this life, the riches and the pleasures of this life. They killed the seed. We all this morning have outward influences that aren't good for us. Look around the whole entire world. And even, believe it or not, there's news channels that are good and bad. Really, there's just so many good things that even the good things aren't good for us. They're just not. They're not good for our brain. They're not good for our eyes. They're not good for our ears. There's just so much junk out there, and even good junk, that is just damaging our brain. 
No matter what you think at the end of the day, you know what? Both sides in the party, both sides of the government, they both want to control you with fear. They do, right? No matter how you feel politically, no matter how you feel about who you are, what you are, what you believe in, how you vote, I'm telling you, there's both sides and there's dirty people on both sides of the aisle. And they both seek to control us people out of fear. They do. Matthew 6.22 says, your eye... It's like a lamp. It provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. If the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is the darkness? And so sometimes what we have to do, we understand, and this is weird for a second, but follow me. How many of us have watched a show, maybe on our phone, iPad, or a TV? But let's just talk about phones for a second. How many of us have ever, and we don't, you know, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands in a minute because all of us have, right? We've all watched something on here. And how many of us think that as we're watching this, that it's us, I'm in control, and I'm watching something. But what you fail to see, you're really not watching something, what you think you're watching, it's actually watching you. People make trillions on what you watch. You're not watching anything. It, and I'm just calling it it this morning, is watching you. And it studies you, and it knows you, knows what you like, knows who you like, knows where you go every single day. It studies you, every movement, every word, every single thing that you do. It watches you. you we are not watching anything. And so this morning, there's three things. Resist, dig deeper, and lastly, sometimes you got to change the channel. Change the channel. Because at the end of the day, Jesus said, your light and the, the light compared to darkness that we have on the inside, it comes from what we watch. And so I'm asking this morning, maybe once in a while, we need to change the channel. Now this morning, I have never done this, but I'm going to have a multiple visual illustration experience for you this morning. And so the first one I want to look at is flowers. It's a real live plant flower, right? They're kind of pretty. It's got a little color, right? So as we look at flowers this morning, I want to describe for you something. There's a difference between liking something and a difference between loving something. Now, what I just did with this little poor guy right here, I pulled it from its life source, and now it's going to die. I like the flower. But if I really love the flowers, I would know the importance of leaving them where its life source is. You see, many of us, we start with love, but it turns into like. And for many of us, as we like things, sometimes we try to pluck them out of where they belong instead of allow them to be who God made them to be. You are an individual. We're all special. That doesn't mean that we rode on the special bus. Don't go there. We are all special, 
We are unique. We are individuals with our own eye and, and fingerprints that prove, right, that God has specially made every one of us not to be the same, but to be different. But why is it when people are different, ah, let's just come over here. You're different. This one's red, this one's blue, or violet, yellow. Why aren't you my color? Why aren't you my size? We live in a world where we've moved from love to just liking things. And when we did that, we started killing them. And we are killing relationships today because we're not allowing them to be who they are meant to be. We're trying to conform them into who we think they should be. And that's wrong. That's wrong. If you got your paper this morning, I want you to pull out your blank page. And as you pull out your blank page, what I want you to do, there's a side with the initial M on the left, and then on the other side, there's initial with a Y. Where it says Y and it's divided, just start scribbling. Make some kind of nice little designs and, and just scribble on the, on the right side. Make circles, squares, whatever you feel like drawing. You, this morning, this is kind of like art class. And like I said, I apologize if you've got a lot of visual aids this morning. But I want you to draw on that right side. Just start drawing some stuff. If it's appropriate, you could put on there, will you be my Valentine? Check yes or no. Blank page. Okay, so here's the deal, number two. We looked at flowers, we defined the difference between like and love, and here's our blank page. Well, it was almost blank at one point. Now it's got a little more color to it. See, the thing is, every day we live in a world where God says, I forgive you of your sins, and I forget as far as the east is from the west. And so on the left side, M is for myself. Every day we have the privilege to wake up to a blank page. Oh, and it's beautiful. God's forgiven me. He's cleansed me. And he's forgotten about all my, my bad things of the past. Can you imagine, no matter what we've done in life, when you say, God, forgive me, it's done and over with. It's gone. God forgets about it. So the past, whatever you've done in the past, let it go. Right? Frozen had it correct. Let it go. Right? They did. It's true. In so many parts of life, letting it go is important. Our left side, we wake up every day is blank. But you know what we do at the right side? We continue to draw about other people. M for myself. Y for you. Because while I'm here happy with my blank self, because God's forgiven me, I'm going to look at you and all the things I don't like. And so every single day, without realizing it, I do this, maybe I'm all alone up here, right? So maybe I'm the only one who does it. God's forgiven me, so why haven't I forgiven you? God's forgiven me and forgotten, so why am I still judging you? God is love. The commandment is to love. 
the commandments to lay ourselves down. He's forgiven. He's forgotten. So then why is we as, as his bride? Jesus, the church is called the bride. Why are we so judgy today? We've been forgiven, but I'm going to throw you in the dirt. Why? Why? Moving to my third illustration. Like I said, sorry, I've got a lot today. I've got two empty glasses here. I'm going to get to my hat one here at the end. I've got two empty glasses. You see, without realizing it, you know what? We try to pour ourselves into other people, but there's nothing to pour. We honestly, in our heart, mind, and soul, you see, we think we're loving, we're kind, we're gracious, we're all those things. But the moment we get really tested with our love, comes up empty, comes up empty. It's hard to pour love into someone when you got nothing to give. When you got nothing to give. So it comes to my plug this morning. I can't explain it to you. But I'll tell you there's something that happens when you come to church. Is church perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Are you all perfect? Maybe. We can't pour what we don't have to give. God is love. And if I'm not loving you, it's because I'm not getting love from him. And I've cut the source off. Even when I think I'm good, even when I think I'm nice, even when I think I'm sweet, if I ain't giving it, it's because I'm not taking it in. And so I can't explain it to you. There's something that happens when you come to church. Now my last illustration. How many of us have ever watched a show or been to a show that had a guy who was doing magic? And what did he do with this hat? What did he pull out? Rabbit. See, this morning, many of us, we treat love like a magic trick. Today, I can't wait till I'm going to pull out. Maybe I'll pull out this. Woo! Today, this is my love. I'm good. I got a nice little flower. And tomorrow it's dead. Why are we treating love so unrespectful this morning? Like it's something magical or that can be produced. Because honestly, the only thing that should get pulled out of the hat is this. And so as I said, you can't, we can't pour what we don't have. Church is important. I don't know why, but there's something about being here together. Maybe it's so that we can look at other people's imperfections, and instead of being so judgy, we decide to be lovey. Maybe it's not every Sunday so much about the worship and the pastor, but it's about the fellowship amongst ourselves. And as someone bothers us, as someone gives us stink eye, as someone didn't make the coffee correct and it's too strong, weak, or cold. The minute your love gets tested, that's what church is about. Because God chooses to stretch and grow. And this source, instead of pulling a rabbit out of a hat, instead of ripping off a flower that's going to die tomorrow, a cheap, cheap trick here, a little trip there, right? Cut this corner. 
there's something about reading the word. And I can't tell you, we have it on our phones. That's to me one of the best things about the phones. You can download the Bible app. It's free. There's a verse every day. And every day I open it and I say, wow, this is a great verse, right? You have to at least read a verse a day. I can't tell you, just like being in your church, there's something about reading the Bible every day. Allow it to go into your mind, into your heart, and into your soul. It will guard you. It will protect you. It will lead you through every dark valley, through every single thing. Do not let any person tell you that this is old or outdated. Don't let anyone tell you that God is dead, that love is dead. Do not let anyone tell you any of those things. Because for us in this month, in this theme, we need to rewrite the narrative. There's another narrative being spoken over you and over me, and it's a daily fight and battle through it. I'm not just talking about marriage. All relationships, friendships, and even in a church, there is a bad narrative out there. So what do we need to do? We need to rewrite the narrative. We need to rewrite the narrative. And so this morning, as we close, we know there's a few verses. Some of our favorite, John 3, 16. It says, God loved the world. It says God loves good people and bad people. He does. God loves everyone. Do you? Do you? God loves the sinners and he loves the righteous. He loves the good kids and the bad kids. He loves us all the same. God is love. There's no hate in his heart. God loves every single heart the same. God loves the world. He loves the world and he's asking us to do the same. We know that God is love. And lastly, I have to say, I love Apostle Paul for these verses here. To me, these are some of the greatest verses, and we will close with this, I promise. Romans 12, 9 says this, don't pretend to love others. Now, come on, be real. We all did this. We all do this. Apostle Paul, and this to me is written 2,000 years ago, but yet how much more true is it today? Stop pretending to love other people. Really, what did he say? He had to put this in there. Really love them. Stop pretending. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Maybe our love could use a little more enthusiasm. Maybe marriages today could use a little more enthusiasm. Maybe our friendships, maybe our church relationships, they could use a little more enthusiasm today. Let's stop pretending and let's really start doing what he's put us here to do. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give it if you don't have it. And then he says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. What God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. 
And so this morning, I want to thank you for coming. I know that Tuesday is Valentine's Day, and so this month, yes, we're going to talk about love. And it's not love just for Valentine's Day. It's love for life. And it's not just a marriage kind of love. It's a relationship kind of love. Because God, for whatever reason, he didn't create robots. He could have created robots and snapped his fingers, and then all the robots bowed in worship. God, we love you. God created humans, free will, choice. But he said, as, as my kids, as they did really discover my love, I'm now commanding them to love every heart, mind, and soul as I love them. How do we love? Remember I asked you earlier, if I was to give you a million bucks, what would your love story be about? And it's really not about what I want to put down there, right? It doesn't, and some of it could be juicy, right? And some of it could be, you know, horrible and horrific. Your book, your life is being written today. And we have another 40 years to live it out. The most important thing that you do today and the most important thing that you hear, our God is a God of love. And that love it's what's driving the world around. Some of us kind of ignoring it. God's saying, I need you to step into it. Because his love's intoxicating. It really is. God's love is amazing. And it proves who we belong to. I've been married for 25 years and um, a month and a half. And I've been married to my wife 25 years, a month and a half. And I would, 20 going to 26. We're passing 26. Yes, 26 years, a month and a half. I lost a year somewhere. <laughs> I blinked, and I shouldn't have blinked. But when you're married, you talk about the one you love. And so I can tell you most of my customers, yes, they all know my, that I have a wife. They know that I'm happily in love. Most of my customers, I would say 99% of my customers, they know that I'm weird and I'm different and they have no idea why. I don't talk about women. And if I was to talk about a lady, it would be about my wife. If you're married or if you're friends, our actions and our words speak about the people that we love. Be careful how you talk because your words and actions are powerful, whether they're there or whether they're not there. And whether we're talking about our spouse or whether we're even just talking about each other in here, every single heart, mind, and soul, that means so much to the, our Father in heaven. Be careful what you say when someone's not there. I always say this, and I, I, if I wish, if I was a lawyer, believe me, I love to argue, I love to debate, I love to do all those things because it's so fun. But why do I put somebody on trial with my words when they're not even there to defend themselves? Why would I talk about someone and don't give them the right to defend themselves? This is the month of love. This was the day of visualization with all my visual aids today that I had up here. 
And so as you walk away, you'll remember the flowers, the difference between like and love. You'll remember the cups, can't pour out what I don't have. You like the hat, can't treat love like a magic trick. I can't just pull something out for a little quick fix. I need to pull out this, which is the true fix, right? Let's pray.